Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration. Well, we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sain, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best life every day. Welcome back to the show. You guys know I am a mastermind at finding people who own their space. And the more I've been working, especially since our agency has been evolving, I understand the power of true and great copy. So when I first saw this magnificent mind, because you're going to see what I'm talking about in a second, in my feed, I thought, hold up, wait a minute. First of all, she gets it. She the copy stopped me, right? Because I'm I think I'm really picky. I think I'm extremely picky about who I gravitate toward and who I even give two seconds of my, my browsing history to, right? So I see this 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 ad and I'm like, wow, we gotta I gotta reach out to this this woman because she's killing it. And her copy obviously speaks magic and speaks so much louder, right? I wouldn't say louder than words, it speaks so much louder than action because it, it drives the action, right? So April Beverly is a million dollar word stylist. Yes, you heard me. Listen, listen to those words right there. They're magical. She's a million dollar word stylist. She has clients and she helps clients and she's helped people make over $22 million from crafting copy that, that moves, right? And if you don't know what copy is, copy is basically all the words you see from websites to article headlines to the emails you open. That that one line across the email that makes you open, April's a woman, one of those women who has the magic formula behind that. She owns a female, well, one of the only female owned, if not the only flat rate sales writing agency in America. So help me welcome to the show, the genius herself, Miss April Beverly. Hey, April. Hey, how are you? <laughs> oh, fantastically fabulous, man. I was just telling April, you know, uh, the world is feels like it's uh, trying to level out. You know, we're recording this in March, so I am just praying that it's sunny wherever you are and you're enjoying something fruitful and something, you know, magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, man, April, you're a two-time best-selling author. Yes. 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 So, you know, I always, I'm always interested in the beginning of the journey, right? Because brunch and slay, we, we're, we're there, right? You can brunch. So that means you got a little leisure, right? You got a little leeway in your life, but the slaying part to get to be able to brunch, that's a long road. And a lot of times we don't get to figure out, you know, all those ups and downs, right? Cause we don't share them. We're too busy. I hate to use the word grinding, but that's what we're doing. We're grinding, we're building our empires. And let's talk about when you knew you had some magic, because I'm sure you didn't just wake up two, two weeks ago and figure out um, I'm a good writer. Let, take me back when you start to realize that I'm kind of good at this. Well, my magic started to develop. I think I was like four and my aunts and uncles used to like time me with their stopwatches uh, doing crossword puzzles on my granny's couch. So I couldn't even read half the words that I was connecting, but they were like, let's see how fast she goes today. So that's like kind of when my love affair for words initially started. And then reading was always, you know, reading came from that because it allowed me to, to kind of go on these mental and emotional journeys 
that was outside of my home life, outside of some things that were going on at home, it kind of gave me that ability to escape. And so the more I read, the more I wrote, and I started to create those stories and those those magical places for myself. Okay, so I have to go back to that because I think confidence is so key to our success, right? And in our journeys, there's so many moments. If we all look back and we think back to our younger selves, our four-year-old selves, there were multiple times in your life that your confidence was boosted, right? And just think about that four-year-old girl having you know, relatives cheer for you, showing you you can do something great, showing you that you're on to something. Because I'm sure you had some cousins or people in your life who were like, mm, she's on it. You know, they're just hating right? <laughs> <laughs> They start early, but that confidence made you realize that you had something for words, right? And you didn't, like you said, you couldn't even read them. You didn't even know what that power meant, but that gift was there already inside of you. And the fan just had to be, the fire had to be flamed or fanned. Ah, I can't talk today but wow how magnificent is that so four years old you are a wordsmith figuring out these word puzzles so that means you had a kind of analytical mind you like to figure things out Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. was it did were you inquisitive about what the power of words had you realized what that meant yet or when did you figure out you know that words can kind of get people to do what you want so I was inquisitive, meaning that I asked a ton of questions I was eight when I discovered the actual power of words, I wrote this essay. I was in third grade. I wrote this essay and it was so powerful that my that my third grade teacher passed it off to our school counselor. What I did in this letter was I was detailing um, some of the domestic violence that was going on in my home between my parents. And um, when I handed that, when my teacher handed that letter over to the counselor, she caught my mom in. And she was talking to her and telling her, you know, she doesn't have to live that way. You know, those types of conversations. And that letter was really what sparked my mom to get a divorce from my dad. Now, a lot of folks will say, well, you were eight. You really didn't want your parents to separate. But living how we were living, like even at eight, I could understand that that was what was best for us. So that's how that's the first taste of me realizing that words were so powerful because it really caused like my mother to take action and to, you know, remove herself from a terrible situation. Wow. Wow. I mean, and not only that, I mean, it's so many things that were lessons were learned from that from you, not only having your mother hear you. Right. And and having being recognized. Right. So not only was it you telling a a family secret and and I'll use that term because we all are, you know, we were told to keep family business in the house, but it was your truth. Right. And you share your truth and it's impactful in so many ways that had to be a major part of your foundation to realize that you could write something and then an action would come from you writing it, whether you recognize it at that time or not. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was. And listen, I am so many years away from being eight years old. My mom still has that story. Like Mm -hmm. she still has it. Um. From there, I I realized like, wow, words are really powerful. So I wrote essays to get me in, you know, to get me scholarships for college. And it just kind of snowballed from there. I started to realize like I can write stuff and get, you know, kind of like an instant gratification because now I'm understanding that my words are able to evoke some type of emotion and and, and and action out of people. So, you know, it's kind of one of those, I don't want to call it an addiction, but you know, it's like the more you do it and you get something out of it, you're like, oh, I'm gonna keep doing this. I like this, you know. Yeah. 
So I'm wondering, and I know, and we're definitely going to get into her, her, her massive company that she's created and all the people she's helping, but I'm listening to your story and I know that it's probably resonating with multiple people, right? Because folks who are listening, some of them have children. And a lot of times you want to cultivate different things. Like when you talk about your, your being inquisitive, like now I'm dealing with that with my daughter, she's constantly saying, well, I'm just curious. And I, this is probably so against every parenting book out there, but I literally have given her after school, she can ask me 20 questions. That's, that's the cap for the day because it's like, <laughs> she'll say like, how many more questions do I have left? And I, now she's choosing them wisely. Right. Because you know, it, it, as a parent, you don't want to be rolling your eyes at your kids. You don't want to be not present, right? But how do you uh, encourage the, fa- the writing? How do you encourage um, that that skill in your young children when you see them kind of gravitating toward using words and things of that nature? What are some things that parents can do to just kind of nurture that, that spirit in their child- children? So my son, I have a nine-year-old and he loves to write. He's written, I don't know, probably about six or seven unpublished books at this point. And he hand writes his books, which is why I have not had the opportunity to get them published. Cause I'm like, I got to type all this now, <laughs> but from, from a parental per, uh, perspective, I encourage as as much as you can stand it, answer those questions, let them ask those questions. I mean, literally like, Growing up, like my parents didn't always have time, but I spent a lot of time with with my grandparents. They answered literally every single, like I don't remember being shut down ever. And so with my son, no matter how many questions he asks me or his dad, we always answer his questions. And if we don't have the answer, we'll encourage him to go look it up because that sparks that being able to explore things outside of your life through books and reading and learning and now even YouTube videos or whatever the case may be, those things allow you to have those stories to be able to write about, to have those experiences to be able to write about that are outside of something that may be your everyday experience. And it encourages you to kind of explore things outside of yourself and appreciate them as well. That's great advice, April. So I hear you. I'm going to give her 30 questions. I'm going to be, I'm going <laughs> to up your opinion. <laughs> and it's okay. like from the time she wakes up in the morning, it's questions. Like it's the after school time for some reason, because I don't know if it's, you've been introduced to something new and I, those are the best questions for me. So I'm like, think about them. Don't waste them on questions. You know, the answer to, but Hey, I hear you. I'm going to cultivate that because I don't want to squelch her flame. Okay. So now (laughs) let's talk about this journey into business. So you've Mm -hmm. discovered your gift, you've honed it, you've been crafting it, and then you decide to start a business and you do something that's basically unheard of. Your first week of business, you make five figures. Yes. Let's talk about that because a lot of people are transitioning right now and pivoting and, and, and part-timing it and working full-time and trying to figure out how to transition because this is the this is where we are right now, right? Every I think the pandemic really taught a lot of us to be able to have our own resources in some capacity, mm-hmm. no matter what. Five figures, first week, take me back. So... I was already working in the field. So I was already, I had, I had employment as a marketing communications manager. And so in starting the business, I said, what's the easiest way for me to make money? Like I wasn't like, I had this, oh, you know, my website was up and it was ugly and it was terrible. And I had perforated business cards from Office Max, you know, the ones you tear out yourself, you know, just starting out. Right. So I said, what's the easiest way for me to be able to make this happen? The light bulb went off email the people you used to work with. 
because when you left, they still loved you. So that's how I got my first clients. They were all, most of them were all previous employers. And so I did good work for them. I made sure I got a testimonial. Then I went to, like, let's say I reached out to law firms because I had legal marketing background. So one of my, a few of my first clients were law, firm, law firms. And so I'd reach out, so I'd work, do work for them. And then I'd go to the next law firm that looked just like them. Like, this is what I did for XYZ law firm. This is what I can do for you. And they were like, hey, awesome. And so it just snowballed. So my lesson for people is to not try to build this incredible, beautiful thing to start off with. Think about how can you generate revenue, get to the fastest path to profitability first, and then go back and build all those beautiful bells and whistles. Oh, that's great advice. I mean, your network really is your net worth, right? And Mm -hmm. you have not because you ask not. So that's so much there, right? And same kind of similar thing with us, with our agency. If we hadn't reached out to our network, we would not be in existence, right? Right. And and I think a lot of times when it comes to creative, people Mm -hmm. don't know what they're missing until you show it. So I love that you were able to piggyback those examples and show those to other people. You know, the thing about creative and marketing is that a lot of times people try to niche you down. Like you could have easily been known as the law copywriter because for some reason, people who aren't creative think that you can only be creative about one industry, which is the craziest thing in the world. (laughs) You just one research session away from knowing everything you need to know to write, okay? Right, you know, one trick pony. That's not how we do these things, right? But what I love about your brand is your price points, y'all. The, the packages that you have put together um, meet everybody where they are. And, I, and, and, and I'll say that because you guys are going to go look at her website and we're going to leave it in the show notes. We're going to talk about it, you know, here in a little bit. But a lot of times in smaller businesses, the difference between your things being seen is the copy, right? Or your creative, your, your art that you're using. And some things need to be invested in, right? Sometimes we just cannot cut that corner. And the price point that you are, if you're just starting out, it might make you a, a, a itty bit uncomfortable, but uncomfortable is where the, the reward lives are, lives, right? So you, mm-hmm. you, you, you have these packages for people and you meet them where they are and, and you are crafting and you have a team. So talk to me about from week one when it's just you and then scaling up. So now that obviously you have people who help you, you are vetting these copywriters. Talk to me about what that was like in your business. Cause that's scary for a lot of people. When you, when you make some money, it's like, whoo, that actually happened. Now, how do I hold on to it? Or how do I keep this thing going? Or when do I hire somebody? What was Mm -hmm. that process like for you? That's actually a great question segueing into what we just talked about. So the story that I told you about was when it was just me, it was me and an editor. I was going out working with corporate clients. Right. And so then I said, I didn't want myself a job because I'm like trapped. <laughs> I'm like a business owner, but I'm trapped in my office 10, 15 hours a day doing all these incredible projects. And it's just me. I'm the only person who's writing. So I was like, I can't live like this. And so it sparked me like, what can I do? So two years ago, I mean, I had been building a team behind the scenes, but two years ago, I I launched Word Styles, which is the program that you're talking about right now. And so what I did was I said, how can I close this gap? Because what I had been finding was there were business owners with incredible products and services, but they had mediocre messaging. And so the people with the mediocre products and services, they were winning primarily because their messages was on point. So I said, how can I close this gap? 
lower my rates by a thousand percent, offer a flat rate sales writing agency where we take away all the bells and whistles. We don't meet with you. We don't go back and forth with you. I mean, unless it's something that we don't miss the, that we don't meet the mark on, but it's like shopping for a copy inside of a store. And scaling was required for that segment of the business because we focus on volume. So we have a lot of volume. We do hundreds of thousands of orders a month. So we do a lot of volume. And that was a requirement for that type of agency. And what it did was it, it opened me up to be able to step back. I have a team of 13 right now. So I have one, two, three editors two project managers, an intern, and the rest are writers. So we're churning out copy on a consistent, very rapid basis. So the way I scaled was out of necessity because if I didn't, I wasn't going to be here to be able to talk to you, point blank, period. You know, that's the biggest part. When it comes to figuring out, adding to your team and even scaling, that word can be scary. I know for the first two years of my business, that word was like a cuss word to me. It was so scary because I could not figure it out, right? And I knew that in order to have the life I wanted, I was going to have to figure that out. And and when you start, one of the things you talk about, you know, a lot of people are turned off when they hear the word entrepreneur, right? Because it's such a hot word right now, right? And it's going to be probably forever. But when you think about it, and it's like you're beholden. When I start finding myself working those 12 hour days, it's like, this is worse than when I worked for the man. Like this is worse. Where's my vacation? And if I don't work, I don't eat. Like finding that blueprint, like that's what I think really I admired about yours because I said, see, this is what I'm, this is the innovation of black women. I'm sorry. I just got to say it. This is just what we do. I know that there are other people out there who figure things out, but I'm always so impressed when I see uh, women of color figure out these niches because I don't think people really understand how there is no true blueprint. Right. There oftentimes, yes, we have allies. Yes, some of some of us are lucky enough to have true mentorship, someone who really takes you under your wing. But in oftentimes we're crafting and creating our space and something that doesn't exist. What you're doing did not exist. Right. And to sit down and figure out these different packages and how to scale this is phenomenal. And not only figure it out, but market it to where it's a win is everything. And it's a true testament to where there's a will, there's a way, in my opinion, because that that the industry that you're in could easily just be lumped some into an agency, a marketing agency or an advertising agency. But you crafted and you maneuvered and now you're winning. So, yes, I'm, I'm fanning out, you know, because I just think it's remarkable. And and I think that if we don't hear it, if we don't see it. It's oftentimes that, and I know that's a huge hurdle for a lot of people who are non-traditional, whether you're crafting balloon backgrounds or you're doing floral arrangements and you're really good at it. Keep, keep honing in on it. Keep trying to figure it out because there is a path for you from, look at Urban STEM and what they created. If you haven't heard of them, look them up. There are people literally making chocolates and having them delivered that are crafted to your home, winning in millions and millions and seven figures a year. So where there's a will, there's a way. More Brunch and Slay after this. There's a place that shines a light on women who operate in excellence. A place that creates experiences for women and partners with entrepreneurs and businesses and brands who value your dollars. That place is brunchandslay.com. It's experiences you love, connections you crave, and content that inspires. Brunchandslay.com. We're building something. 
And now back to Brunch and Slay. So now that you've been at this, well, you've been at this all your life. I'm not going to say just, you know, whatever, but... You know, who is your dream client? Like, who's who do you just want to get your hands on? Because you know you could do them justice. Oh, that is a good question. I actually just signed one of my dream clients this week. I cannot reveal the name, but man, I swear, like I did cartwheels around the house. It's, it's been so major. But um, gosh, who's my dream client? Whew. I always hate to put it in in those words because I feel like my dream clients are the entrepreneurs like right now who we support who don't have like the huge budgets for for copywriting, but have a lot of passion, have a lot of drive, have a lot of perseverance like those folks. When I see those folks win or when they hit us up and be like, oh, my God, that email sequence you guys did for us made me 30,000 or it was a 5,000. It was my highest launch ever, or we sold out of a class. Like those things light me up because that's why I created Word Stylist. That's why I do what I do every day. So to answer your question, like those folks are my dream clients. Like I've worked with celebrities and all that good stuff. And and I love my celebrity clients and they're dope and they're awesome in their own way. But when I see folks who were on that brink of feeling like they couldn't go any further and they get some content from us or something that we say or do motivates them to push just another day and they get that win, that fires me up right there. No, I, I can I can totally understand that and that definitely resonates with me. Now, as you are leveling up, right? Because no matter where we are, I think we're always stretching ourselves and growing, at least I hope, especially in business. Mm-hmm. What are you focused on slaying right now, right? Because there's some beasts out there, right? And maybe there's some systems or something you're working on. Would you mind sharing with us what areas you're really wanting to perfect and and, and kind of get, get in the zone with? So... I can't share all the details, but a little something that I'm working on that I'm working through right now. um, I want to change the face of who teaches copywriting. Um, Traditionally in colleges or even when you go to these big masterminds, the person who's teaching copywriting is an old Caucasian man, right? I want to change that. I want people to see us not just as the doers, but as the creators of the methods, um, the influencers, the teachers, the advisors, the individuals who can teach you to actually do the work, um, I do it on a smaller scale online. I want to change the face of that. My ultimate goal is to have a class that's available at universities. And that's some of the stuff that I'm working on right now. I want to change the face of who's teaching copyrights. I want folks who are going through college to see this as a lucrative career for them. Like they can, like if they're in journalism or communication school and they don't know where to go or what to do, because I had no idea this field even existed because it wasn't marketed to me. Like I'm not what copywriters look like, but I want to change that. No, I love that. And it's so necessary. You can't be what you can't see. You know, exactly. it's so important. Now, you're, let's talk about your membership that you have going on, because I know, you know, as people are listening and yes, I hope y'all are as excited about listening to April as me, because I don't think I, I mean, I know the power of the lead, right? That carrot. There's some reason that you even listen to this show. So April, I'd love to know more about the membership and, and how the everyday business can work with you because I'm sure they're they're going to go Google and they want to know. 
<laughs> Absolutely. So the membership is called the Copy Closet. I launched it initially in 2016, did a full rebrand last year. And basically what it is, it's a it's a DIY place for you to be able to come get writing frameworks. We do bi-weekly content critiques where you can bring me your content, lay it at my feet and say, April, I need you to tell me how to make this make me some money. And so we go through the, the frameworks that are inside the copy closet teaching our students um, how to write in a way that uh, propels folks to, as I say, smack the buy button. And it's not, see, when you are a writer and you're educated as a writer from like English, like a lot of folks would bring that to me and that's not copywriting. We have com- we have sales conversations in writing. So the folks who are inside the membership group, they under, they, they learn those methods. They learn those core foundational um, methods to writing copy, not just writing every day, like essays and things of that nature. So no, that's really cool. And and they can find that on your website. Is that where? Yes. That- um, go to smackthebuybutton.com. That's at smackthebuybutton.com. Don't y'all just love that? Smack that buy button. Smack it. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Look, now, okay. we, we cannot be uh, timid with the buy buttons. Okay. <laughs> right. No, and you know what? The, the cool part about, you know, the way the world has been this last 12 years, 12 months, 12 years. God, no, let's not speak that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this last 12 months is that people are realizing skills that they possess. They're creating courses. They're creating ebooks. They are getting things done that they were dared to dream about doing now. So mm-hmm. how has the pandemic, because I've asked everyone, how's that affected your business in a pivot, you know, and, and for the for the positive, right? Because I'm looking for all the silver linings. Yes. Well, if you talk to my CPA, okay, COVID uh, gave us like a 60% increase. What happened? Yes, praise him. Okay. What happened was so many people were coming online, right? And when you come online, what do you need? You need copy. You need social media posts. You need website copy. You need Facebook ads. Like they are jumping into this online digital space, just all in. And so they needed copy to be able to sell the things that they're offering. And our business just took off completely. And so it opened me up to be able to add more people to my staff. So I understand the the devastating effects of COVID, but as you say let's let's talk about the silver lining and that was definitely a silver lining for us, not just the additional revenue for us, but being able to bring on and provide jobs for individuals during such a tumultuous time for the economy. And that's fantastic, especially from a writer, right? A lot of writers who may have been out of work would have thought this was this was a horrible time, right? Mm-hmm. And to be able to feed into the economy on so many levels, that has to be a good feeling. Yeah, it, it is. It, it really is. Now, now this Saturday, you can brunch because the world is open in our mind, right? We're, we're, we're in make-believe land. And you can brunch with anyone in the world that are alive. Who are you brunching with, my dear? Oh, who am I brunching with? I you am brunching. You can okay. I'm going to brunch with Michelle and Barack Obama, who are forever our president and first lady. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Come on, Barry and, and Michelle. Let's get it. Yo, I love that. So as you, if you were sitting down with them, because I'm sure you got questions, right? I've started to kind of craft some questions for my dream interview people. What's mm-hmm. the first thing you, are you interested in them as a couple or more interested in them in their own 
paths that, that kind of join together? What angle do you think? You- Honestly, both. I'm interested in them as, as a couple with me being married. We're coming up on 14 years. Okay. Oh, club. All right. Yes. So I would like to pick their brains about um, being a couple, being a power couple, as we have named them, but just knowing how to, you know, work the business and the interactions of a marriage. But I would also like to know, like, I would ask them, what's how would they define the essence of success? And so I say the essence because everybody has a definition for success. But when you add that word essence, like it's it turns it into more of a soulful, spiritual situation. So I would like to know that because to me, like I'm moving into that realm where success is not really tied to money and revenue for me. Like I kind of met, you know, praise God that I've met a lot of those revenue goals. But success looks like to me, like. Being able to not, you know, being able to still succeed and thrive without having to be on business 24-7. So that would be one of the that would be one of the core questions that I would like to explore with them. I love that. And I think what I admire about their relationship, I think the most is how we don't know. You know, I think there's something to be said about keeping the door closed. Let people see what they need to see, you know, mm-hmm. but not only that, the, the the weight that they carry for all of us, let's just be real. We know that they are our shining star as a culture uh, of what we can be and where we're going to keep your children in check, right? To, to make sure you raise good individuals who are not out here shaming the family name and setting us back a hundred years, like all that pressure and how they handle it is just phenomenal. So I agree with you. I would love to have that conversation with them and just see them, you know, in the backyard. I wouldn't even, I just want it real comfortable. I want them in their house clothes, in their slippers. Yeah, that's, that Mm -hmm. would be, (laughs) that'd be pretty awesome. Now for all the people who are listening, I have to know, uh, where can they follow you? How can they support you? And how can they get a piece of that genius and, and get that copy in their life? Awesome. Thank you so much, love. So you guys can follow me on Instagram, Facebook at B-A-A-B Writing. That's at B-A-A-B Writing. Um, If you want to get some instant magic in your life when it comes to slinging those sentences, you can go grab my book at shotsfire.co. That's shotsfire.co. Now, it's so important to me to pour back into the people who are pouring into us. And you, you know, taking the time out of your day to be here and to you know, give us some insight into this journey and inspire us. We got to know what vibes and prayers can we send your way to help you along your journey as you navigate this next, you know, hurdle that you're about to jump. Oh, thank you guys. Just um, good vibes, prayers of spiritual increase, not really, like I said, not really money, but spiritual increase and, and, and guidance and the, and the mental, freedom to do what I've been called to do. Oh, well, you got it. I hope you receive it. I am sending your way. I am. I'm definitely looking forward to continue to follow you along your journey. Uh, thank you so much again for sharing with us and for, for doing what you're doing. And for, for that little black girl out there right now doing those puzzles, somebody she can see, <laughs> right? Somebody who she can hear who started where she started. So thank you and keep shining. Thank you, love. Appreciate it. And you guys, yes, you guys remember that no matter what, if she can, I can, we all can. This is Brunch and Slay. Mm